When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Did you know that Kinda Dating Now has merch? Yep, we collaborated with tpublic.com to create t-shirts, hoodies, mugs, stickers, iPhone cases, and so much more. Picking up one of our items is a great way to support the show and grab some swag for yourself. So swing over to tpublic.com or follow the link in the description of this episode to grab yours today. Hey guys, thanks for listening to Kinda Dating, the comedy dating podcast where I, your host, Natasha Chandel, and some cool guests break down the dating world and try to figure out why the fuck do we all have commitment issues. Today's topic is how to become the person you want to date. Let's find out. Hello, friends. I'm Natasha Chandel. You're listening to Kinda Dating. You know how this show works. Do I need to tell you over and over? Okay, fine, I will. Um, Remember to please subscribe to this podcast wherever you get it and tell your friends because that's how we grow. Um, Also, leave us a five-star rating or review, um, especially on Apple Podcasts because that helps us a lot in the charts, guys. And follow us on social media. We're at Kinda Dating across the board. Um, Aisha's not here with us today. She is partying it up in Costa Rica. Bitch. No, I'm very happy for her. She deserves a vacation. She works so, so hard. Um, but follow her. She's at Aisha Says Dance across the board. And I am at Natasha Chandel on Instagram, Natasha.Chandel on TikTok, Natasha underscore Chandel on Twitter, just to make it complicated and fun because that's what we like in life. Um, guys, I'm very excited for uh, our next guest. She is an entrepreneur, social influencer, speaker, Reality TV star, best known for, uh, you know, that little show called Love is Blind. Um, And she's founder of the coaching program, Goddess Magic. Guys, we have Kelly Chase with us today. Hi, Kelly. Hi. Thank you so much. I'm so good. I'm so good. I'm so excited to like share all the things. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. Same with us. Um, You are, you have been a big part of a very big show, which we're going to get into. But the burning question that we ask every guest, first question, is always single or in a relationship? I'm single. (laughs) Okay, okay. Are we ready to get out there? I am ready to get out there. I've been I've been ready to get out there. (laughs) Which is probably what made you go on the show. (laughs) Yeah. Um tell us a little bit about the show. Yeah. So, um, it was a wild experience. I mean, essentially for those who never watched the show, um, I met, I made a connection with someone through a wall, like literally never saw the person. We got engaged through the wall. That was, that was, that was, I don't even know how to describe it. Wild. Like what, what? (laughs) Like, you know, you have these like, you know, just like perceptions of like, what, what do you dream? Like your engagement's going to look like, or like your wedding day is going to look like and all this stuff. And this show definitely threw all of that out the window. Like <laughs> it was just wild. So yeah, I got engaged behind a wall, spent um, a handful of days in Mexico, like on a trip, trying to get to know how each other travels and that kind of thing. And 
Um, it was kind of like our pre-honeymoon in a sense. Um, and then we lived together for four weeks after that. Uh, fourth week was our wedding weeks. And we all, you know, walked down the aisle and said, I do or I don't at the altar. And I, uh, I was one who said I don't. And, you know, choosing myself, listening to my intuition, knowing that that was not the, uh, the right thing. So still single. That is... <laughs> Super tough though, right? To like do. It definitely was. It was, um, I mean, it was so many emotions and so much just intensity the whole time. I mean, I, it's interesting, like looking back now, I mean, it's been almost, it'll be four years this October since we've actually filmed our season because I was on season one. And like, there's still times, like, I mean, I do get like emotional about it still because I'm like, it was just so, like, you're, I kept telling everyone's like, oh yeah, like about him, like my head and my heart were just not connecting, right? Because like, I mean, we were going through this process and like, yeah, it's like, I was liking him and really starting to like love the person that I was getting to know, but like something in me was like, but this isn't the way it's supposed to be. This isn't the way, like something's off, something's not right, something's blah, blah. And so it was like total like conflict almost the whole time while you're going through it. But then also being like, but like, why am I thinking that this isn't right? Is it because like, it's not the perfect story of like how I wanted it to be? You know, it's like, Hey, what, what do I need to like, what stories and little like limitations do I need to let go of in order to like make this possible? But at the end of the day, you know, we, it was the best decision for both of us to not do that. But I mean, it's just, yeah, it was, it was wild. I mean, you got to know someone so intimately, literally, I, I shared so much with this person because I mean, I felt safe with him. I felt good with him. And so I shared a lot of vulnerable things with him. And then it was just like over. He wasn't, he was so, a nice oh, guy. You know, it's like a part of me. Very. Yeah. He was a very, very nice guy. Um, you know, it just kind of felt like a part of me, you know, I lost a part of myself in that. And when it was over, I, that's exactly how I felt. I just felt like very lost, a lot of like mental chaos. Like what the hell just happened? <laughs> And is that kind of what (laughs) shifted you into this work? Is that kind of what made you want to get into sort of empowerment coaching and, and, and helping other people figure themselves out? Yeah. Like I, so I had been health coaching five years prior to like for five years prior to going on the show. Um, and that year, like earlier in 2018 is when I was just like, or maybe I guess 2017, even I was like, things just like need to change in my life. Cause like everything was very cyclical, meaning I was constantly like working. Like I worked a corporate job, but then I was like health coaching on top of it. And I like bartended or worked liquor promotions. I was a constant chronic hustler. Um, you know, cause when we work harder, we make more money. That's the truth that everyone says. Yeah. Right? So I was like, yeah, let's do that. And like burn ourselves out to no end. And then it was like, so Monday through Friday, I was just like constant hustling. And then the weekends, I was a huge binge drinker. And I would like, just, I mean, I was basically disconnecting because I was like, oh. I was basically disconnected the whole time, which now looking back, I know this because I was like avoiding feeling. I was avoiding tapping into who I was like, want really wanting to become, I was avoiding a lot through pains and whatever that had happened to me throughout, you know, my early twenties. And so I was just like working a lot. And then I was like disconnecting through vodka sodas and martinis and, you know, making irresponsible decisions with guys and, you know, 
maybe not to say like, oh, you can't have sex with someone on the first time of meeting them. But it's like, I kept finding myself in situations where I was liking a guy and then they were too, but then they would never commit. And it was like, oh, but I just like, I'm just like not ready for a relationship. I don't like, no, it's just like, I don't, I don't want to date you kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So I, again, was just like losing myself in relationships and losing parts of me. And that's how it felt anyhow. And there was just, I don't know. I had this like moment back in like the summer of 2017. And I was like, things have to change because nothing's getting me closer to one, a boyfriend. Nothing's getting me closer to like this life that I want to have. I mean, I'm unfulfilled in my career, although I'm like working five different jobs. Like I just, it was just very unfulfilled in so many different areas. And so I decided summer of 2017 to like leave my corporate job because I was earning enough money in my coaching business to like satisfy my basic needs, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just kind of like started, I mean, just 360 my whole life. Like I, I mean, like I said, I was a binge trigger. So I was out like sometimes even Thursday nights, like Thursday through Saturday night all the time. And then it was just like a constant repetitive cycle week after week after week and not just for six months like this was probably for five years Mm -hmm. that it was like this you know so it was a lot and yeah I just had this nudge like things have to change so it was so crazy because like my parents would call me like on a Friday night or whatever they'd be like Kelly what are you doing like what you know you're going out with girls and I'm like no I'm listening to a podcast or like reading a book and they were like are you okay this is not our daughter. Like, are you, are you depressed? Are you like, what's going on? Cause I mean, granted, I will say it was more like, it was a very extreme thing that I did. Cause I mean, granted the friends that are still my friends are still my friends, you know, but they're, and you, I realized who my true friends were through that process. Because like I said, there were some that definitely, they were just my party friends, you know, like those were people that I hung out with and called friends. But then as I like made all these shifts, like my girlfriends were still there for me. The ones that are now still here for me. And I may have created a little bit of distance with them, but we're all good now and and things are good. But yeah, it was like later 2018, um, the spring of 2018, I guess is when they called me about the show. And I was like, you know what? Like literally every opportunity creates another opportunity. Who knows if I'll fall in love. And I kept saying, I'm like, I'm so fucking picky. Like there's no way I'm going to like meet anyone on this show, but like, why not? Maybe there's like, he has a brother or a friend or something. <laughs> like you just don't know. So you never know. I was just in this whole like personal development journey and like self-exploration. And I was like, whatever, let's take all the risks and the chances and just go for it. So I did, but to sorry, long story short, answer your question. Um, at the end of the, of filming, like I said, I was just like, I felt very lost and very just chaotic with my thoughts. And I had taken pretty much that month and a half off from coaching or working at all. And I was just like, again, going into voiding things out. I was like, well, you know what? I'm just going to like go all in on my business. I'm going to hire a business coach. And I'm just going to like, put all my energy there to like get over this nonsense and this bullshit that's going on in my head. And as soon as I did, I heard, um, a business and mindset coach and I joke with her. I'm still friends with her to this day. And I'm like, like you really did more for my mind than you did my business back then, you know, kind of thing, but it's the season of life and what I needed. I mean, she just helped me work through all so many limiting beliefs and a lot of my like past traumas and just rejection really, because that, that was it. That was like my biggest, like, moment with her was like I wasn't ever like I was never in love with Kenny who the guy from the show um I was like I was so I'm not sad I'm not like distraught because I was in love with this man and I lost this 
perfect person. I said, I'm so much in pain because I got rejected again. Like, and rejection is painful. It's oh, so it is. Painful. I mean, what you're saying is interesting, right? Because you're the coach that coach didn't help you with the business. They helped you with the mindset, but mindset is the thing that can be applied to anything in life. Like, even though this is a dating podcast, I always tell people it's kind of not a dating podcast because we're talking so much about why are we behaving the way that we're behaving? And that applies to anything in life. Like you can take you know, the lessons you learn about insecurity and apply it to your job um, or apply it outside of your relationships and your friendships even. And so I do think it really starts with, with mindset work and, you know, something that you are, you know, have been talking about is this idea of like becoming the person that you want to see in the world and the, you know, Mahatma Gandhi quote, but, um, (laughs) and be the person you want to date. Right. Because like, we're the only constant in our own lives. Um, that was like a big shift that took place for me, you know, uh, cause I was a serial dater and I was always like, ah, these people are fucked up. (laughs) And then I realized I was like, wait a minute. I'm the only one that's been around through all of this. Um, And then I had to kind of figure out, well, why am I dating these types of people? What am I getting? What am I not getting? What what narrative is it helping feed? Um, And all of that. And so, you know, I'm curious how when you deal with people and the first thing is looking inward, but Mm -hmm. how can people sort of start looking inward without hating themselves? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I turned a lot of my practice to gratitude. Um, I mean, it's, it, it has to be a purposeful, like intentional thing. And, you know, like I never understood one the importance, but I never understood affirmations. Like what, like, okay, yeah, I'm just gonna stand in front of a mirror and like, say, I love my body. Like bullshit. Okay. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but like at first it really is like, you, you just have to do it. And like what, what I have learned through the, um, through the work that I have studied and the mindset is basically like, we have a conscious and subconscious part of our brain and our conscious has the ability to accept or reject a thought or subconscious only has the ability to accept a thought. So if you're standing there in front of a mirror saying, I'm fat, I'm ugly. I hate myself. I hate this about myself. I dislike this, blah, blah, blah. You're feeding your subconscious because that subconscious is accepting every single thing that you say or think into yourself, right? And then, so then we create these feelings of insecurity and lack and, you know, just you're not loving yourself, a low self-worth. And then your actions are a result of that. And then your outside external results are a result of all of that. So our thoughts create everything. So yeah, you may hate your body, you may hate yourself to begin with, but like if you can just intentionally and purposely, although you may not believe it to begin with, stand there and doesn't have to necessarily be in front of a mirror, but it is helpful. Um, but just saying things like, I love my body. I love who I am. I'm beautiful. Just the way I am. I'm perfect. You know, in God's eyes, whatever you want to say, love my thick thighs, whatever, you know, like just saying things like that over time, basically what you're doing is feeding that subconscious with all these positive, higher vibrational thoughts and things do start to shift. 
It may not be tomorrow. It may be in six months from now. Mm-hmm. But the more that you do it, just think, okay, in six months from now, you could be feeling totally different. Or in six weeks from now, you could be feeling totally different. Whereas for, for six years or 16 years or 50 years, you've been thinking and feeling like you're like, why do you even exist? Because yeah. of the low vibrational thoughts that you've just been feeding yourself or, or hearing. I mean, there's, I'm sure that there are many people that are in very unhealthy relationships, whether that oh, is yeah. an intimate partner or a family dynamic where the family is feeding that toxicity. And it's, you know, it's, it's really, it's also creating boundaries like around that too. And like really honoring that. I mean, I, I know that, I mean, I have some, I think everyone goes through some toxicity within family dynamics and there has, there's has been some unhealthy behaviors within my own family. And like, I, not available for that conversation. And I have to say it and it's using your voice. And the more of this, you know, subconscious reprogramming work that you do, affirmations, meditation, visualization, all this stuff that just helps you turn inward, you do become more confident. You're able to speak up and honor those boundaries and just let people know and coming from heart space, not from like an angry or, you know, disgruntled space, but just this is who I am and respect it. If not, you don't have to be a part of it. <laughs> totally. I mean, I don't know if you find this, but I know a lot of my friends and and even people through the podcast, um, we've all we all struggle to kind of that first step because it's so scary what you'll find. You know, yeah. it feels like, oh my God, I don't want to know that I have all this trauma or that I have these limiting beliefs. I don't want to even see it because ignorance is bliss, right? But it's not really bliss because clearly we're all suffering because we're not totally happy. Um, But that first step is like, I find very difficult um, Mm -hmm. to even get my own friends to kind of do. And it took me a long time to get there until I like had massive breakdown. And then I was like, all right, therapy it is. Um, and, and it was years of therapy and, and, uh, my friends, like, I can't get some, some people to just like, even take that first step to go to therapy and whatever, just because they don't want to deal with the emotions that come with that. I mean, have you ever sort of faced that with, with clients and like, how do you kind of combat that first hurdle? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, clients, I mean, even, you know, what you're saying, just friends, you know, it's, it's hard to witness like, okay, it's like knowing what you know now and like being where you are now, being where I am now, it's difficult to see my friends even struggle. And I'm like, you know, maybe coaching or like therapy would be helpful for you or something where, or, you know, I will try and like, you know, not like unsolicited wise, but like, Hey, I have a podcast I just listened to. I think it'd be beneficial. And if you're open to it, I'll send it to you kind of thing. So like doing that type of thing can is just like inviting them to little like experiences like Mm -hmm. that, um, is something that can be helpful versus like, I think you need to go to therapy to like address these issues that you have. Um, but it's hard, like I said, because if they're not ready for it, then you can't push them. And it's hard to see anybody struggle and feel like they're in pain and they'll never get out of it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that that's been my biggest thing though, is just, like I said, just inviting them to like, here's a podcast to listen to, because I, even as their coach, I may not be their messenger. They may not hear from me, you know? So, I mean, just like, I'm sure that there were people in my life that were encouraging me to go to therapy for a long time. I mean, I went to one therapy session when I was like 22 years old and 
I had just not a great experience with it. And I was like, I'm healed. I'm fine. I don't need to go back to therapy. And no, I wasn't. Um, I should have gone to therapy. <laughs> I mean, so like, many bad therapists. It's, it's kind of yeah. makes me sad that uh, I've had a lot of friends who've had bad therapy experiences. Yeah. And so I'm like, oh, that's why they were so turned off. Yeah. And I actually used to research my therapist like crazy before I hired one, like as in hired one, you know, worked with one. Um, But like I would like research all of their, like what their background was, what, you know, what they studied, what their specialties were, and -hmm. then kind of gauge like, "Eh, is their personality going to like seem like it appeals to mine or are they going to annoy me? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But yeah, it is, it is an interesting thing. I mean, coming back to this, you know, to the whole idea of like being the person you want to date. Um, yeah. How much of that starts with like also identifying what we want to see in others? Because I think I think that is the easy part, right? That, that we, we all do very well. We all have some list. They need to be like this and like this and yeah. like this. Um, and then maybe like look at that list and go, Okay, let's go one by one. Like, do I have these qualities, um, yeah. including like emotional intelligence, right? Because I think that's the one thing, at least in, you know, speaking of str- like hetero relationships, um, girls always want from a guy, right? They're always like, oh, he's not mature. Um, right. But then <laughs> when he acts stupid, we all like freak out <laughs> and send like a cuss off giant text message um that clearly doesn't show our emotional intelligence all the time. I've totally done that in the past. Um I mean, how do you encourage people to sort of be the version that they want to see in others? Yeah. Yeah. So what you were saying about creating that list of literally like dream partner. Um yeah, really like honing in on that. Um, obviously not just the physical guys, like you need to be like, okay, how do you want to be treated? How, and how do you want to show up in that relationship too? I think that's a really big one. Um, but taking that list, as you said, turning it around on you and yeah, go through it one by one and be like, okay. Um, you know, supportive of his friends. How are you being supportive of your friends? Um, your emotional intelligence, what are, you know, I would love some, I would love my partner to be like really emotional intelligence, like super aware, very vulnerable, communicates well. Okay. Turn it back on you. How am I communicating in what areas am I not truly communicating and how can I dive deeper into that? You know, maybe it is that you need some support around that. So maybe therapy or coach or something is going to be someone that will help you to expand and grow in that area. Um, all the things that you are looking for in that other person, if you turn that in on you, always just remember, like you're just, you're growing to become that. You're not like fixing yourself to become anything because we're all like full as we are. But yeah, I mean, I think that that's like the first thing though, is just like really asking yourself, am I this? Am I doing this? Mm-hmm. Is this the energy that I have? Like, I want someone to be like super confident, not arrogant, but like confident. Am I acting with confidence? Do I have that confidence? Um, you know, they always say like when you first, like you're going on a date, right. With someone and you are like a lot of times you're like pretty confident. You walk into that room and it is your energy. Everything is about energy. Okay. So it's like you walk into that room and this person is like, well, she has really good energy or he has really good energy and you'd love to be around that person. Um, 
but then, you know, maybe you guys start dating and a few weeks in, maybe a few months in, that's why they all call it this like honeymoon phase, right? It's because like the energy's there, everything's good, everything's good. But then you start, you know, uh, learning more about your behaviors and your patterns and your past I mean, we're, we definitely uh-huh. wear a facade in the beginning of a room. Yeah, we do. We, we totally do. And, but it's like, okay, how can you keep this like energy about you just as you went into that? just on that first date, like why, you know, I'm always like on a first date, like I don't mind being very transparent and very vulnerable. I mean, if a guy asks me about my past dating life, I'll be like, yeah, this is blah, 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 or, you know, whatever the case may be, or, Hey, I'm not in a good financial situation right now. Like, you know, FYI, (laughs) you know, like whatever the case may be, like, I don't mind throwing that all out on the table to begin with. Cause why hide anything if you're going to get to know that stuff or you should get to know that stuff anyways in a relationship. And I think that was like one of the things about love is blind because we had all these intense conversations in such a short period of time. That was very helpful. I think for my dating um, experiences moving forward. Yeah. I was going to say like, I think it's different, right? When you're 20 years old, you don't need to tell everybody every single thing because the likelihood of you guys like being in a forever relationship is rare. Um, Obviously, always be honest, but it's a little rare. But if you are at a point where you're like, hey, I want something serious, then keeping, you know, major things from people, I think is harmful to both because especially if it's something like a financial situation, even, you know, you don't have to tell everybody your entire sitch, but also allow somebody else to make a decision that's right for them, right? Exactly. Um, Mm -hmm. And that could be both ways. Somebody could be like, oh, I'm totally great. Like, it's perfect for me. And somebody could go, hey, you know what? I kind of have my own shit right now. So it might be a little tough if like, whatever, who knows? But at least you know right off the bat that that somebody, uh, that both people are making like educated decisions versus, you know, lying and then wasting more time and then figuring it out later. Um, Absolutely. I mean, you, you know, you, you've talked earlier a little bit about how you had to sort of overcome your own personal challenges. You know, when you work with people, especially in the dating world, like what are some of the big personal challenges that you see single people face and are they all surmountable? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that one of the biggest things is just like, again, kind of like going back to your thoughts, like just like, ugh, I have the worst dating experiences. Like guys are the worst. Like everything's terrible out there. All they want to do is sleep with me on the first date. Like there's no good guys, all these like thoughts. And I will say this. I don't think I've ever thought that way. I mean, before all this stuff happened, I was just, I probably had other kinds of thoughts going on, but Regardless, there are so many people that do have that type of, you know, just repetitive dialogue going on. And I'm like, that's the energy you're putting out there. That's exactly what you're going to get. You're going to get these worst guys, or you're going to miss a good guy because you're focused on, well, what's going to happen? There's teeth too good to be true. Like, no, there's something wrong with him. Wait, I have to like find out what's wrong with him. Like, I mean, I literally right now I have a girlfriend that's kind of like going through that. And she's been dating a guy for a few weeks. And I was like, so have you found anything wrong with him yet? Because that was what she said when she first, like, she had gone on a couple days with him. And, and she goes, yes, I found something. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. And it's it so, so crazy, funny. right? So there's yeah. there's a, um, I don't know if you know the the spiritual teacher, Eckhart Tolle. 
Yes, yes. Right. He has this great quote that always stuck with me, which I'm paraphrasing, and I've said it many times on the podcast, um, but it's that the ego is so, totally paraphrasing, the ego is so stupid that it would um, rather be right and you suffer than be wrong and you be at peace. And it's that idea, right? Like this person could meet somebody and enjoy their life and and break that narrative and be peaceful. But instead, we will look for things to be wrong and then sometimes manifest something to be wrong or misinterpret something that's not really wrong as wrong Mm -hmm. just so we can be right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because our... I mean, the thing is, it's like, we, we've all been hurt, you know, whether it was by a friend when we were five years old or mom, dad, whoever sibling or rejected the first time when we were 15, you know, whatever. It's like, we've all been hurt. And so this ego comes in and it's like, we're just going to keep you safe because we've gone this way before and it didn't turn out the way we wanted it to. So no, you know, we're not going to like play into this. We're not going to be happy. We're not going to find love. We're just going to keep stay right here, you know? And it's like, shut up ego, <laughs> like, but it's true in every way. And in any way, like, it's funny you brought up Eckhart Tolle because I just, um, I'm just finishing his, a new earth book. I've, oh. I've been reading it like super slowly since like February, but it's a very hard read, but I've read it four yeah, times. That's why I was, yeah. That's why I was like reading it slowly, but I was like really trying to like integrate and like embody everything. But it was like so profound as like, cause I actually was struggling with some ego, um, mm-hmm. human spiritual conflict kind of thing going on. Um, I want to say since the show aired, I mean, for two years, honestly, it's been like kind of wild. Um, but like reading that book, I just felt called to read it. I was like, and it was at my, my mom, my mother had read it, which I'm like, I told my mom, I go, mom, I think you should go back and read this book. <laughs> but she, um, but anyways, I was like over Christmas, I just like saw the book and I was like, why am I like being drawn to this book out of my mom has like a whole library of things. And so anyways, I started reading it and I was like, mind blown, like every page. I'm like, this is so good. But anyways, yeah, it just has helped me like step you know, just kind of like limit my human self a bit and I step more authentically into who I Oh my God. I I love, love that book. I've like I said, I read it four times. It's helped me many times in my life. Uh I'm trying to get through it a fifth time. This time has been harder than before. Um but I think it's like an amazing book and I'm always like trying to tell people to read it. But it is a difficult first 50 pages. And then I feel like it gets really interesting, but some people just don't get like what he's trying to say in the first 50 pages. They're like, what, what does it mean that like a flower has life? Right. (laughs) (laughs) That the flower has those, there's energy. There's power. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) Again, it's like, you're not sometimes, I mean, well, that's the thing like with books, um, with anything really, I mean, it's a constant repetition. That's how we like learn things, but also it's like, it may just not be your time. It may not be your season. It may not be your time to receive that message at that point. You know, like I've the same thing with the new earth. I've read the four agreements a few times and Mm -hmm. it's like, I picked up on different things every time I read it. And I was like, that's what I needed in that moment. So it was like beautiful to like, just reread and take in the message when you need it. So you could read the same book. I mean, I went through a whole Bob Proctor program and thinking grow rich is the book that he like created this whole thinking and a results program off of. And he was like, this is the book I read for whatever, 60 years of his life and totally transformed his world. And I'm like, it's amazing. Like, 
our conscious and subconscious. Mind. Our mindset is just like so fucking amazing. It's so rad. <laughs> it is. I <laughs> but, mean, I yeah. I uh, think that you know the listeners on this podcast have seen my journey a lot too. When I first started the podcast to to where. Um, I am now, you know, having been in relationships and out of them and how I reacted in some and and all the turmoil that I felt before to now where I am in a I'm in a happy, healthy, stable relationship. Um, But we always say to each other, like, hey, if this weren't going to work out, like we'd be fine. Like we would be upset for a little bit, but not to the way I used to be, because I've changed my mindset to a point where I have hope. You know, I believe like if this doesn't work out, then there's somebody else who's right out there for me and or not like and I'm really, really good. Like and if I meet somebody, I'll be great. And if I don't meet somebody, I'll be great. And I'm just going to enjoy my life either way. And and that took a long time to like be able to get there. But I know that that's possible because I was like a boy crazed girl, you know, who always <laughs> just had some situationship all the time. Yeah. And, and so I know how it all starts with mm-hmm. mindset, but it does, it does take time. It does. You yeah. Know? I mean, like I said, my journey, I mean, technically, I guess it started in 2017, but like the deeper stuff was the 2018 after, after the show. I mean, like I said, the mindset coach, she really just like, opened me up and like just cracked me wide open. And I was like, and yeah, like that's why I started to do all the mindset coaching was because of that experience. I was like, I have to learn more about this. And it's every single coach and mentor that I have invested in since then, it's all it's all stemming the foundation of mindset and self-love and self-worth and a lot of money mindset as well. I mean our our behaviors with money are very similar to our uh, behaviors with romantic relationships or relationships in general. I've learned a lot around like attachment styles and attachment theories. And we really do behave very anxiously with a human. We may be acting very anxiously with money as well. It's just like, everything is just so fascinatingly connected. And it is crazy. So cool. What is one mind shift, uh, sorry, mindset shift that took place for you? Maybe since like 2018, is there one that you're like, oh yeah, when I realized that like things changed? Hmm. I'm like, yeah, all the, uh, so many. Um, I mean, yeah, I'll just, I'll give you a couple. I want to say like one going back to the gratitude. Um, I mean, I have, whenever I feel resistance, challenged, conflict, frustrated with something, I immediately try and shift my mind to gratitude. Okay. Well, what is the lesson I'm trying to, I need to learn from this. How can I react differently next time? How can I respond better next time? Um, so I always am going into, okay, what's the lesson here? great. Let me give it thanks. Show me more of this in a better way. God, universe, whatever. Mm-hmm. So gratitude has really helped me to just bring awareness to how I can shift things. And because gratitude is like one of the highest vibrational, if you look at a vibrational funnel, it's like on the higher vibration. So I always just want to be like vibrating at a higher frequency because that's where like our desires are according to whatever I study, <laughs> but it's all just like up there. Um, but I would say that, and then bringing awareness um, to things I need to let go of. Uh, one of the first actual personal development books that I read was Marie Kondo's The Life Changing Magic of Tidying Up. And maybe many people may be like, that's not a personal development book, but yes, it is. It is definitely a personal development book. It is not about just clearing up your, your physical space. That book is about going deep in your mind and letting go of like behavioral patterns that you don't like 
toxic, unhealthy thoughts, like relationships, whatever. And it's just been so helpful. Okay. If we can't like completely like let something go, mm-hmm. how can we shift to, again, maybe go into the lesson. Okay. Well, what lesson is this person maybe trying to teach me? I can't let them go. It's my mom, whatever. I don't know. <laughs> like can't totally let them go. But, but how can I see this relationship differently? It's how funny because I, I think I, about this relationship differently. How can I show up? Okay. No, no. I was saying, uh, I make a joke about Marie Kondo's thing that, um, that like I've asked myself, you know, the, the does it bring you joy? I'm like the only problem with that is she she doesn't take into account PMS because uh, right. <laughs> there the, there are days I love my boyfriend and then during that week I'm like you annoying motherfucker I'm like get the fuck out of here. <laughs> so all the other days he brings me joy and then if I were to decide in that week I'd be like get the fuck out <laughs> you're out. <laughs> That's amazing. I love it. Um, So yes, uh, you know, definitely worth thinking about what is, you know, worth keeping, what is not worth keeping in your life. And like you said, that works across the board in not just relationships, but the qualities you want to have. Oh, you know, one of the things that we were talking about earlier that I meant to say helped at least for me, there was also a little little shift in my brain was I used to write a lot of a list, right? Like, I want them to be confident. I want them to be blah, blah, blah. Like very, in a sense, quantitative lists. And mm-hmm. then I read this article about a person who, instead of writing uh, a list of like things that they needed to be, uh, they wrote a list of how they wanted this person to make them feel. Mm-hmm. only. Yeah. And then yeah. anytime they went on a date, they would ask themselves, like, do I feel these things? So for me, it was like safe, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, uh, like happy, like laughing. Like that was very important to me and uh, secure. And so like those things. And then I started, you know, applying that on top of Mm-hmm. sort of the qualitative things but sometimes we forget that that somebody could be seemingly confident right we want somebody confident but they might that confidence might not make you feel safe right totally so i i found that a, as a really interesting layer to add of mm-hmm. like how do i want to feel around somebody and how do i want them to make me feel and then go like do i make others feel this way yes yeah Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that was like going back to like how, you know, how you want them to show up in the relationship and then how you want to show up in the relationship. Yeah. It, it definitely goes back to that, like feeling, feeling the feelings already too. Like, I mean, going in like visualization stuff as well. It's like, okay, feel that person as if they're already here, but like, how can you embody those feelings to yourself and then take that? And that's the energy. I mean, that, that's technically it's like an energy healing because you're shit, you're healing the energy within your body to attract the uh, equivalent, if not better energy in. Mm -hmm. So that's like what you're doing essentially is. Yeah. It's really cool. It's yeah. I a hundred percent agree. Do the Um, feel. You were talking about some of the mind shift changes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Just like the mindset stuff. The, I was going to say too, like one of the things, um, so the let go and the gratitude, um, more of like, I guess it's kind of like in the same line as letting go of things. I mean, just really 
figuring out what your boundaries are. I feel like a lot of women don't, or a lot of everybody doesn't, don't really know what their boundaries are. Like until you actually like write them out. And I, I had no boundaries before. I didn't either. You know, I probably was like, yeah, boundaries. No, I didn't. (laughs) Definitely didn't have boundaries. It was, it was not I ended up in an abusive relationship because I didn't realize I had zero boundaries. Yeah. And then I it, it was such a weird thing to mm-hmm. set boundaries because as women, you feel like you're mean or you feel right. like you're being a bitch or, you know, and then I actually read this book, I think, um, that said women are bitches or something like that. Yeah. Uh, that that and And I loved how it just said, it's uh it's about being um smart but kind i think is how they put mm-hmm. it so like you can still set a boundary and be kind and that helped me a lot i was like oh right yeah i'm not i'm not saying like i will chop your hand off <laughs> i'm just right, saying right. i i don't <laughs> like this behavior you know yeah no exactly well i think that's you know when you do it when you set and honor those boundaries it's coming from a place like heart space, like you're saying it because it's out of love. Like, I know that this will be healthy for the both of us collectively. It's not just a you thing. It's a collective thing. Like putting this, implementing this boundary is going to actually support the both of us. So it's an us thing. Mm -hmm. It's not a, because of me and like, it's just totally about the two relationships. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I said, I didn't have any boundaries either. I was I know a lot of that has stemmed from people pleasing and I know a lot of us have that, you know, in us too. Um, so I've learned, I've learned a lot and that was like another area that my coach and I had dived into was like my people pleasing. Like, where did that come from? Like, when were you first like rejected and you just wanted to please everybody? And I was like, Oh, when I was four years old, four, I will be 37 in a few months. Like, So yeah, I was four years old, a little girl in preschool told me I couldn't play with her and the other girls. And to that, like, I mean, I was like crying. I think there was like one girl that I like befriended and cause she, I guess maybe she was like outcasted too. I don't know, but she didn't play with them either. So her and I just like did our thing. Um, but I mean, I don't remember this, but my mother remembers, you know, picking me up from preschool crying and she's like, what happened? What happened? nobody wants to play with me, blah, 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 you know? And then I was like, I was like, I will never not have any friends. And my mom will tell you to the say, she's like, and Kelly, you have never not had any friends. <laughs> like, you, wow. You, everybody is a friend of Kelly's. And I'm like, well, yeah, I said, but now I, I mean, I understand. Cause my mom even used to say, she's like growing up, she's like, Kelly, you think all these people are your friends. She's like, when you get to be my age, you'll be able to count your true friends on your, on your right hand. I'm like, okay. (laughs) Oh my God. You and I are the same. My dad said the same thing to me. And I was like, it's not my fault. You're not likable. (laughs) I was like, it's you. It's not me. Um, and then later I was like, oh no, he's totally right. Like, I I mean, we, we have a lot of acquaintances, but like, who are the people you could really, really rely on and want to show up at your wedding? Yeah, no, you know. exactly. Absolutely. But yeah, I, like recognizing these like deep rooted people pleasing behaviors um, really helped me to discover those boundaries. Like, and again, it's not just in relationships, it's in career and business. Like, you know, there's a lot of people that are, again, going back to like, chronic hustlers, you know, like I was. We worked, I worked so much. And I'm like, I would never sign up for burnout culture ever again. Like, no, no, no. <laughs> 
Yeah. I mean, what what do you think is sort of the biggest thing that holds people back from transforming their mind? Um cuz that's what you were doing, right? You were you're yeah. you were and are and we all are always hopefully if you're you're doing, you know, personal growth work, you yes. are transforming your mind over and over. So I'm curious what you think is the reason that holds people back from doing that. Yeah. I mean, it is fear, but it's not the fear of fear. It's the fear of love mm. that holds them back ultimately because they may have missed, you know, just different uh, perceptions of what love has been for them. Love has been taken away. Love has been or happiness or joy has been taken away. I mean, even it going back to like you being five years old, jumping on a couch and your dad telling you get off the fucking couch. Like that's love to some people. That's how people were loved, you know? And so it's like, but their joy was taken away because all they were doing is playing they're having fun. I didn't understand. So, I mean, I was, her name's holistic psychologist. I like watch all her stuff. She does all the like, or maybe not her, I don't know. One of these like women on social media, she does a lot of like, She's a psychologist for children and like mm-hmm. families. And anyways, she always just like creates little video content of like how to actually speak to children in more of an empowering way and like mm-hmm. ways that they, they understand why they shouldn't be jumping on the couch, not just being told, get off the couch. Get off the couch. Yeah. So, you know, learning that language, but we, like I said, I think just our happiness or joy and love has been taken from us. So we actually are like afraid of being happy. I think, oh my God, you're so right. There's so much of, because um, every time we think we could be happy, we're scared it might be taken away again. Yeah, yeah. Right? And like the dating thing where girls are like, where, what, I have to find something wrong with it because something always is wrong. Like something, like when's the shoe going to drop? It's always and I know it's, wrong. you know, again, coming back to that, that ego quality, for me, um, you know, I have an anxious personality. And, uh, or I, I have anxiety in, t- in general, I have anxiety. And so uh, I realized like, because I've had multiple traumas, like I had health trauma. So I had, you know, I had Lyme disease for seven years. I got in a bad mm-hmm. car accident where some, like a truck hit me, <laughs> reared me and I got a head right. injury. And so like all these things that were out of my control happened. And, uh, and I actually remember the last, thought I had before I got, you know, reared by that truck was I feel really content. Mm. And then after that, I got so scared to be happy because I kept fearing that I core, I made a negative correlation in my brain that that moment of me saying I'm happy meant something bad's going to happen and take it away. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I just like refused to sort of feel happy. And my therapist like pointed out, you know, that idea that you're, you're constantly in fight or flight, even yeah. when there's no reason to be. Yeah. And then yeah. I had to like retrain my brain for a long time to just say, I'm safe, I'm safe, you're mm-hmm. safe, I'm safe, I'm safe. And like, over and over and over. And kind of what you said in the beginning, it feels stupid. I'm like, I feel dumb. And I still say it sometimes, like randomly, the thought will come in my head of what if something happens? And then I go, yeah. but right now I'm safe. I'm safe. Yeah. Yeah. Safe. Safe. And like, you just kind of, it's like a constant thing. Yeah. But what you said, we have a fear 
of feeling content and happy because we're worried that like the rug will be pulled from us again. And I don't know what helped you with that. The only simple thing that helped me with that was reminding myself that in the past, every time something has happened, I was okay after. And so I always just had to say to myself, I'll be okay in the end. Yeah. Yeah. No, same. Yeah. Same. I mean, it goes to that. And then again, just learning the lesson, like knowing that, okay, well, you know what, this isn't it. Um, but what can I learn from this? What, what, what can I take with this? Wow. Okay. This helps me become better in this area. And then I can show up as a better human and it attracts more of what I am looking for. You know, I, I have a friend that's going through like a really bad breakup right now. And I'm like, you know, part of me, I, a part of me has been giving her a little tough love because I'm like, she's like a very close friend. And I'm like, nah, just get over it. <laughs> like, just know that I'm like every single time that you were like super sad about this and I want you to grieve. I want you to process these emotions. But I'm like, every single time you're trying to like analyze and, and think about basically what you did wrong or what, you know, you screwed up in a relationship or what happened, you know, you're just, you're not actually trusting God and like universe. It's like, you have to surrender that what is happening to you right now really is happening for you. Take the lesson, send them gratitude, send them love, send the light and just continue to like pour into you show up in like how you want to become, you know? And I was like, if that person is meant to be in your life again, they will come back around. But if not, then someone even better is going to show up. Like just trust and, so, and like surrender to that. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, like you were saying, just like going into like, yeah, you're going to be okay. You're safe. Like nothing. You you said, you said, uh, you know, you also talk about like investing in yourself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. What do what do you mean by that? And how can people do that? Yeah. So we all do have 24 hours in a day, ladies, guys listening in. We do. Um, when we say we don't have time, we are just not prioritizing ourselves. Yeah. That's it. That's it. I mean, I, and again, it goes into everything that we've been talking about this whole time. It's like letting go. Okay, well, where can you let go? I'm sure that you're spending a lot of time on Instagram or Facebook or TikTok, you know, like give yourself a limit, put a time limit on the apps. There is actually a function to be able to do that. Like, I mean, sometimes I don't, uh, you know, obey my own time limits on my apps. <laughs> TikTok is like the death of all is, of us. Though. Yeah. But I'm like, my job is on social media though. Um, but regardless, there are timeless, the things you have to put boundaries, you have to create these boundaries around for yourself. Um, but yeah, investing in yourself, that may mean that you might just have to, maybe you do need a little bit more accountability. So hiring the trainer, the coach, the therapist, psychiatrist, whatever, financial advisor, whoever, sex therapist, whatever you need to do, you may have to spend some money. You might have to, or there's a lot of free resources out there. And that is you being self-disciplined to be like, I'm going to like rope off 10 minutes or 30 minutes or an hour a day or one day a week and just invest that time and energy into becoming a better version. I was in, I was myself in debt a few years ago. I think you froze for a second there. You were saying to be the, the better version of yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Just being the better version of yourself is just, you have to be, you have to prioritize and create that space in your day to be able to do it. Um, read the book, the miracle morning. That is literally what helped me get, create space in my day. Um, it is by Hal Elrod. He 
I get like, he had his own like traumas and I think he was in like a really devastating car accident and he could walk again, that kind of thing. Anyways, it's like miracle morning concept where it's six things. It's called the lifesavers and the savers is an acronym for savers is like silent, uh, silence, prayer, meditation, breath work, then A for affirmation, B visualization, E exercise, R for reading, and then S for scribing or journaling. Mm -hmm. And basically you could do each of those for one minute. So that's six minutes out of your day that you were spending on yourself or technically the book encourages like 10 minutes of each. So you're spending a whole full hour on yourself. Uh, you know, encouraged to do it in the morning, right when you wake up. So you're filling up your cup first. No one else's. Um, I read that book in 2018 and there may have been like, there have been some inconsistency, but pretty much I have done this miracle morning since 2018. Wow. I mean, I woke up at five o'clock this morning and like for the first three hours, the first three hours of my day, I mean, great. Granted, I work for myself. I can create this, but Again, we do also have those 24 hours in a day. So if it's six minutes for someone who can't, you know, who hits the snooze button 90,000 times and has to get to work by 6 a.m., I feel you, I understand. Maybe this is something you do, you split it up. Maybe you do like a minute or two in the morning and then a minute or two at like your lunch break or something, you know? So you're like, you just have to be self-disciplined. Otherwise you have to probably financially invest in someone to hold you accountable to these things. But you are worth it. It is worth it and you, you will get your life changed. Like it will. (laughs) Totally. Well, I mean, that I feel like is a great way to wrap out this episode. Um, Kelly, you're not totally done because we have something called six questions. We ask every one of our guests the same six (laughs) questions. But, um, before that, this was all very, very helpful and, and inspiring to, you know, uh, listen to you because I know you have been working towards that change and are an actual example of a living example of that. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's not easy guys, but it's worth it. I promise. Yeah. Well, yeah. Kelly, you ready for your six questions? I'm ready. All right. Uh, here's your first question. So don't think about it too much. Um, but what is the first thing you notice about a potential partner? Probably their, I was going to say their shoulders. <laughs> Sorry, I used to say that. Yeah. yeah. Shoulders. I love shoulders. Um, what is one deal breaker? Just being unkind. Mm. Just having no like empathy for people. Yeah. Uh, what turns you on? <laughs> having empathy for people. No. <laughs> yeah. You'd be, I mean, you'd be surprised how often we hear that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would, I would honestly say, I mean, just genuine kindness and like their emotional intelligence. I, I, it, does like if someone can geek out with me on like mindset shit I'm like tell me more (laughs) talk to me more Kelly what's one of your strengths and one of your weaknesses in relationships strengths um the ability to communicate weakness um I think I have a problem listening sometimes (laughs) so although I'm communicating I'm working on the listening part on my end (laughs) Fair, fair. We're all, we're all growing. Um, yeah. Kelly, what is love? I would say love is feeling safe. Yeah. Both parties allowing each other to feel safe and feel held in a relationship. I love that. And uh, besides I love you, what three words would you want your partner to tell you? Um, I'll never leave. 
Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. That's great. That's <laughs> awesome. Well, Kelly, thank you so much again for being on the podcast. How can everyone find you and all your work? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you can check me out on Instagram at Chase Life with Kelly. Um, I have a Facebook group also called Chase Life with Kelly. You can find it in the links in my Instagram bio pretty much, but website, my goddess magic program, um, it's chaselifetogether.com uh, slash goddess magic. And yeah, but everything's pretty much, I show up on Instagram every day. So <laughs> amazing. <laughs> pretty much there. We love it. Well, guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Please make sure you follow us also on social media. We're at Kind of Dating across the board. I'm at Natasha Chandel on Instagram, Natasha.Chandel on TikTok, Natasha underscore Chandel on Twitter. Thank you so, so much for downloading this episode. Please tell a friend and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Also send us your dating stories and thoughts to kindadating at gmail.com. Finally, I know it seems tough out there, but just try. Till next time. Kinda Dating is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media slash podcasts. Kinda Dating is created, produced, and hosted by myself, Natasha Chandel. Aisha Holden is my co-host. Adam Pineless and Karina Uribe are producers. Our opening music is composed by Joe Lorenzetti, and our logo and graphics are by Jenna Yannick and K. Daniel Ellis.